Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. If you've been listening this month, you know that we are trying to raise $15,000 so that we can do more Dad Tired conferences around the country. We've raised about $10,000, which is amazing. So grateful that you guys have partnered with us in this way. If you want to make a last minute donation, this is tax deductible, so you can put this toward your uh, end of the year taxes. Uh, We would love for you to partner with us. It helps us reduce the cost for small churches that are trying to host these conferences and also reduce the price of the ticket so more guys can come. If you would be so gracious to partner with us in this way, we would love your help. We're about $5,000 short. You can go to dadtire.com forward slash Christmas. Again, that's dadtire.com forward slash Christmas. I love you guys. Let's dive into today's episode. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, so good to be here with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, welcome. Super glad that you're here, whether a friend told you about it or uh, maybe you just randomly found it on the app, whatever app you're listening to the show on. We're glad that you're here. We're just a bunch of dudes from all over the world who are trying to stumble our way towards Jesus and uh, trying to figure out what it looks like to be the men God's called us to be. So if you resonate with that, if like you need some guys pushing you towards being the men God, the man God's called you to be, uh, you found the right place. Uh, we actually have a group on Facebook. We've got over 10,000 guys on our Facebook group um, from all over the world who are pushing each other in this way and helping each other be the men God's called us to be. Um, you can be part of that group. We'd love to have you become be part of that. You can join by going to dadtire.com clicking the community tab, and that will link you over to that closed group. Um, I'm actually on live right now as I'm recording this with that group. And um, a lot of those guys are uh, actively a part of this podcast recording. And so I was trying to put together a podcast about New Year's resolutions, and I had a bunch of good thoughts on paper. I'm showing them the piece of paper uh, and they just were not coming out well. So I jumped on Facebook and I said, all right, guys, I need some of your help. Will you help uh, help us get through some questions or help uh, ask some questions that you'd like to see addressed on the show? And so, again, right now we are live on the Dad Tired Facebook group. Actually, if you're listening to this, it's no longer live. So don't go over on Facebook right now. You're not going to find us. But as I'm recording, it's live (laughs) and uh, we've got a bunch of guys who are asking questions now. So I'm going to hop over to the Facebook page and just start going through these questions. I'll try to spend like just maybe a minute to two minutes uh, on each question. So it won't be super in depth. I'm sure we'll have to cover a lot of this in different episodes. But anyway, we'll just kind of uh, hit a bunch of things here. So I'm going to jump over on the Facebook group and uh, answer some of these questions. So we will start by... I'll start with um, Daniel Horton says, I have a second boy on the way. Uh, the first one is from another marriage and any advice you would give. My first thought uh, when I'm when just thinking through one first bro, congratulations. Super exciting that you've got another one on the way. Kids are a blessing. As the scriptures say, we are stoked when God blesses us with children. And so we know that there's a lot of people who are trying to have babies um, who just for whatever reason aren't right now. And so we're grateful when God blesses us with a child. So first bro, just congratulations on that. Second thing I would say this, especially for you having a boy, I have a son as well. Um, my prayer for myself and really for any dude that's like, uh, stepping into fatherhood with a son, uh, or with sons is, I guess my thought would be, um, as your son is born and as he's growing up, starting to think through who do I want this little boy to become as a man 
And what areas do I want him to become as a man that I have still yet to grow or conquer in personally as a man? So if I want my son to be a boy or a man of integrity, like am I a man of integrity? If I want my son to be free throughout his life with addiction, am I a man that's free of addiction? If I want my son uh, to grow up to be a man who loves the word of God, am I a man that loves the word of God? And so I guess my advice to you is become the man that you want your son to be. And uh, it's really hard to raise kids who... uh, it's really hard to raise kids who are passionate about things that we're actually not that passionate about. And so become passionate about the things that you, um, are, you want your son to be passionate about. That would be my advice to you, man. Again, congratulations. That's super exciting. Uh, for those of you who are in the Facebook group now and you are leaving comments, if you see a question that you in the comment section that you really like, if you would just like that and that way we can kind of upvote it and we can see if there's a, a bunch of questions that a certain, uh, some of you guys really liked and I'll try to focus in on those. All right. Um, Benjamin says, have you made any plans for how to introduce your kids to technology, mainly internet and phones? Um, (laughs) my first gut is just to hold them out for as long as humanly possible. Um, I know that the technology thing is inevitable. I don't want to be like afraid of it. I personally love technology and so I don't want to run from it and hide and act like it doesn't exist. I want to put it in its proper place. Um, But I also want to build as long and as deep of a foundation that doesn't revolve around technology as I possibly can. I I don't know if that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do uh, in 2020 uh, when preparing my my kids for for technology. But I, I just... Something in my gut tells me like, let's just for as long as we can possibly get away with them not having a screen quickly accessible to them. Uh, I'm going to do that. Layla and I just took the kids out. We went out as a whole family to dinner the other night and it was like at a weird time. We ate dinner. It was like a three o'clock dinner. And for whatever reason, the restaurant wasn't that um, full, but the people who were were there were just family. So there's tons of kids uh, who, uh, sitting around us and every single kid, I kid you not, like I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Every single kid at that restaurant was staring at an iPad or a screen. Uh, and then the moms and dads, most of them were staring at their phones during the dinners. And I just, I thought like, that's one rule we've always had is that there's just no technology at the dinner table, whether that's out to eat or whether that's at a restaurant. And so I'm, I know, again, I know technology is going to, um, be part of their lives. There's just no way that it can't be. But as long as I can keep it, not the main dominant focus of their life, like I'm going to just push towards that. And uh, there's just so many variables that I can't control on technology. I, I, my son has been watching YouTube and an ad has popped up that we've had to have deep conversations about. Right. And I just had no, I thought he was watching something like a Peppa Pig episode and it was super innocent. And now all of a sudden we're having really deep conversations about things I didn't want to talk to him about at six years old or seven years old. And so I just want to be ahead of it and kind of putting screens in front of them doesn't allow me to do that. Um, we did a really good episode, uh, probably a year ago, a year and a half ago with Andy Crouch about technology. And he has a book called the tech wise family, which I highly recommend you read. So you can put that on your 2020 reading list. I'll link it in the show notes, but again, that's called the tech wise family. And, uh, that's a really good, if you, if you've already started to introduce a bunch of technology and internet and stuff to your 
kids, that's a great one. The other thing I'd recommend is there's a book uh, called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. That's a good one. We just had the author of that on the show a couple weeks ago. And so just kind of preparing them for that. Uh, yeah, good question, Ben. Jimin. I always call Benjamin's Ben. And then I'm like, that's probably offensive if you go by Benjamin. So Benjamin, thank you for uh, <laughs> that question. Uh, all right. Mike asked, as a busy dad, you are leading dad tired ministry, being a dad, a husband, you've mentioned you own and run a business. And then he's got three parts to that. Number one, what's your business? Number two, how do you effectively balance work, family and faith life? And number three, do you struggle with these balances? Um, yeah, great questions. Number one. So I run dad tired as a ministry, but I also run a video production agency. I actually tried to close that down this year. Um, but it was the, our most successful year that we've had as a ministry or as an organization. That's not a nonprofit. That's an actual for-profit organization. And, uh, we do branding and video and commercial photography. We work with businesses. So we're a business to business company. And, uh, so God just was gracious to us this year. And so I'll, I'll keep doing that as long as he provides for us in that way. Um, how do you effectively balance work, family, faith, life? Balance is an interesting word because your balance um, implies that we're, there's it's even. And I just am, I'm not even. And, and what I mean by that is I've always said I will sacrifice financially right now so that I can spend more time with my kids at their younger age, uh, foundational years. I just believe it's, it's such high training years for them. And so I'm, I like, I for sure have the personality where I could be out hustling way, way, way harder for business than I am right now. And, um, we don't make a ton of money and, uh, and that's just on purpose. Cause I would much rather have my time spent at home with my kids. And so, Right now it's not balanced right now. I'm in way more like my number one hat is dad and husband mode. And, uh, my, my business most definitely suffers. Uh, I could go get a, a better job, um, you know, to, if I wanted to do that, but I just, I, I really want to live a lifestyle that allows me to be the husband and father that God's calling me to be. And, uh, as much as I possibly can, I know that doesn't make sense for like all family circumstances. My wife works, so I'm not the only uh, income generator in our family. So that definitely helps. But, um, yeah, there isn't really much of a balance there. Uh, the, the other thing I would say to that is just like high intentionality. Things always hit our calendar. So date nights with the wife, date nights with the kids, uh, family movie nights, like in our home, these things all actually make the calendar. And when they don't make the calendar, they don't happen regardless of good intentions. And so like it, you just got to like actually schedule it. Um, and so number your, th your third question there was, do I struggle with these balances right now? Um, I, again, I purposely, uh, my business is suffering, uh, from a business perspective, but my family is not suffering because I'm highly engaged with them. And so uh, I'm okay with that for right now. And then I just figured that, you know, I've got a good foundation and, uh, when my kids get older and they start getting more independent, then I can kind of move into more of that business role, which I love. Like I, that's a really fun hat for me to wear, but just right now it doesn't make a ton of sense as I'm trying to be the, the best dad and husband I can be. Um, Vlad asked how many books do you plan on reading this year? Uh, if I'm totally honest, none, <laughs> like, I don't have any plans. That's not that I'm not going to read a book. I just don't have any plans to read any books. Uh, and part of that is cause I'm writing another book. And when I write, I purposely don't read cause then I start to sound like the person I'm reading. So I usually take a, a reading break during writing just so I don't 
uh, unintentionally start having copyright infringement. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Nicholas says, my wife thinks that the Bible is sexist. How to address this? Um, let me look into some good videos that talk about this. My very like first reaction is what Jesus was doing in, uh, in his day to interact with women and to have women as part of like his ministry and the way that he even just, just talked to women was absolutely revolutionary. Like Jesus elevated women, lifted women up, valued women's opinions and roles in ministry more than any man was doing back in that day. And so the, the Bible and certainly God is not uh, sexist by any means. Um, I think God designed some things. Again, this this is probably that's actually a really good question for a whole separate podcast. But I'll just say, like, go back to Jesus. We can kind of cherry pick all these verses that that we can make a case that the Bible is sexist. But when you just go back to the person of Jesus, who is our king, he's the leader, he's the one we're following. That dude was anything but sexist. He was doing radical things when it comes to women and women in leadership and just really elevating women as a whole. So uh, that would be my suggestion. If your wife says, well, the Bible's sexist, well, I'd say, well, the Bible's all about Jesus. Let's see what Jesus did. And Jesus uh, treated women in ways that nobody else in that culture was treating women. Uh, he was absolutely lifting women up and uh, not making them a second-class citizen. So that would be my thoughts on that. This episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. We all remember as kids eating breakfast cereal. When I was a kid growing up, this was one of my favorite parts of being a kid is eating cereal in the morning. But as an adult, you realize that all your favorites were full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't be eating. And now breakfast can be kind of boring as you're eating egg whites and spinach, right? But no more. My friends over at Magic Spoon, a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Magic Spoon offers four flavors based on the all-time classics, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, plus a variety pack that lets you try all of them. Magic Spoon, get this, is gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and GMO-free, but it tastes so incredible that you and your kids would never guess that it's healthy for you. You've really got to try it to believe it. Just this morning, I had the cocoa, Elijah had the fruity, we loved it. It's such good cereal, and it really does remind you of those old cereals that you used to eat as a kid, and now you can eat it without feeling guilty. So go to magicspoon.com forward slash dadtired to grab a variety pack and try it today, and be sure to use the promo code dadtired at checkout out to get free shipping and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a hundred percent happiness guarantee if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked that's magicspoon.com slash dad tired and use the code dad tired for free shipping benjamin asked my top three book recommendations for 2020 uh i my I haven't read a book <laughs> recently uh, other than the ones that have been on the show. So if you've heard me have people on the show, um, then uh, I've read their books so that I can be up to date. So I'm a big fan of David Platt. He was just on the show. Uh, Francis Chan always writes good stuff. Uh, Matt Chandler wrote a book on suffering last year that came out. That was a really great book. Um, but I don't, I don't have a ton of recommendations on that. Sorry. I do have some recommendations of books on the dad tired website. If you go to dadtired.com forward slash resources, there's a bunch of books on there. Uh, Andrew said thoughts on the shooting in Texas today on carrying and security, man, what a, 
um, first, just the the shooting, uh, absolute tragedy. I actually, I just got a news alert on my phone that that gave me the like the one sentence brief on what happened. So I don't know any details of what happened, um, but obviously tragic. And um, what's so sad to me is how normal this is becoming. I know that that happened in a church today. Um, man, it just sucks. This whole thing just like it sucks. Um, I remember when I was on staff at a church and I was teaching, we would have um, security within the church and guys who were carrying and I, they were strategically placed throughout the congregation while we taught so that if something like what happened today in Texas happened, um, that they could, you know, help stop the threat. Um, I think it's such a hard, um, for lack of better words, debate. I am very pro our law enforcement. I think that there are a lot of amazing police officers out there, many of whom are listening, many of whom are in the dad tired group, guys who love Jesus, who are doing the right thing day in and day out quietly and not noticed and not on any news headlines, but who are just um, policing their, their communities really, really well and with integrity and as if the Lord is their boss. And I'm just proud of those men. Uh, I think that there's some obviously bad police officers, like there are bad pastors and bad plumbers and everything else. And it sucks, man. Like this kind of thing sucks, but uh, I'm not against taking away guns. I don't own a gun. Uh, I don't have any concealed guns in my house. I do feel vulnerable. I probably shouldn't even say that on a podcast because now for all you freaks that weird people that are listening, they're going to show up at my house. Uh, I live in New York, by the way, if you want to be show up, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I don't have any real strong thoughts about that other than just, man, it sucks. And it's a really, um, terrible thing. And, um, yeah, my, my heart breaks. I, I, it's days like today and those kind of moments that um, stir in my heart my longing for Jesus to come again and to make all things right so that we don't have stuff like that. Um, Quentin asks, what's the best way to deal with favoritism in your extended family between your children and siblings, especially when it's affecting your marriage? Um, that's super hard, bro. Like that's a, that's a tough question. And, uh, not just a tough question, but a really hard situation to deal with. What I would say is, uh, as the dad, what I would be doing is scheduling those date nights with your kids. And so that you are not making yourself susceptible to kind of leaning emotionally in one direction, um, and, and really taking the time to seek after and to chase after each of the kids in your home's hearts, the way that God has chased after your heart. So I talk about a lot that we pursue our wife, the way that Jesus pursued us, but also that we would take the time to slow down and really pursue our children's hearts. Um, the way that God's continually pursue our hearts as his children. And so I would just have like what I, what we do in our family is on their birthday. So Elijah's birthday is May 22nd, the 22nd of every month, they get a date night. Um, my daughter's is August 3rd. So on the third day of every month, she gets a date night. And that's what I would do with your kids is on their birthday day um, of every month, just take them out and just pursue their heart, chase after their heart. Really that's for you just so that you continue to feel like you are, you're being intentional about not just surviving the day, but chasing after their heart, but also for your wife to see that you're not like purposely or intentionally picking one out, but that you are really intentional about like chasing after the hearts of everyone in your family. That's a good question, man. I'll be praying for that. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. So there's been two questions. Ron and Paul talked about, um, blended families and 
um, how to engage in the church's blended families. It can be awkward, Paul says. Uh, also, how do we as the church support those blended families? That's a that's such a good question, um, and one that I, I I don't feel like I've given enough thought um, to that I'm going to answer. Uh, I feel like if I answer, I'm, I'm just going to be like talking for the sake of talking, and I don't like doing that. So I'd like to give that some more thought, and I actually would like to dedicate a whole podcast to that topic because I think it's a really important one, and I want to give much more clear thought on that. Um, family life, who's a, just a huge supporter of the dad tired ministry. And I love what they're doing over there. Um, they have a great blended families kind of arm of their ministry. And, uh, and so I might have the guy that oversees that his name is actually Ron. Um, I'm going to have him, I'll reach out to him and see if he'll come on the show and talk about that, that, um, topic specifically. Cause that's a, that's a good question, man. I, I don't want to dodge it. All right. Uh, Randy asks, what's your take on rambunctious children during, uh, during service? Uh, (laughs) so when I was a pastor and, uh, in the church world and I was teaching every time I was all for kids just like being in there. I love doing church together. We are now part of a home church where our kids are heavily involved and it's like, there it's, it's rambunctious all the time. I'm all for it. I know some, uh, for some people it's very distracting for some pastors trying to teach. It's very distracting. And so I get it. Um, but man, I just, I'm a big fan of like church being a family thing and not just for the immediate family that's there together, but like, we're all kind of a family together. If you go to church, uh, in most other countries, especially like third world countries or not West countries, like in the Western, uh, Western West countries, uh, the like fam, like kids are just part of it and they just kind of learn to be part of it. And they sit and they just kind of get the hang of it. And so I'm for kids being in the service. I'm for kids being kids and learning how to sit quietly. They will learn over time. Unfortunately, they don't get any practice because we tell them to go away. Um, but but I'm all for like us teaching kids how to be part of the worship experience, both teaching and music um, and just the whole corporate worship thing together. So <clears throat> that would be my thoughts on that. Sorry, man, if you've had a bad experience in your church. I'm going to take two more questions. Let me see where I'm at on time. Yeah, I'm out of time here. I'm take two more questions. Sorry, let me read through these real quick. Just make sure I'm not. um... Uh, Greg asked, how do we prioritize family wants over what our parents want? My parents want my family at their place for Christmas, but we want to start our own new family thing. Uh, It's such a delicate topic. I I talked about in-laws dealing with difficult in-laws as an episode. Um, that also included your own parents, bro. I would just say this, like we honor our parents, we respect our parents, but at the end of the day, um, we are also not clinging to father and mother anymore, but we are leaving them and being united as one with our wife. And so you and your wife find unity and alignment first over your parents, her parents, in-laws, all that other stuff. You and your wife just fight for identity. That's who you live 364 other days with. And so you guys make sure you're on the same page, whatever you decide, if it's new traditions in your house or going somewhere else, like just make sure you're together on that. Cause you, the Bible says, leave father and mother and cling to your wife as one. So, um, prioritize your wife over that. Oh man. Matt Wagner asked a great question. He said, Jared, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Bethel and the resurrection. I'm assuming you mean the, um, topic of the, them praying for the resurrection of the 
child of one of the worship leaders that passed away um, tragically. <sighs> yeah, this could be a whole another topic. Um, <laughs> trying to decide if it's um, wise for me to even start to scratch that. I think it's a good question that I actually want to um, I want to address. I will just say this. I'm going to throw this out there and then um, I'm going to come back to it so that I'm not being unfair to the whole topic. Um, so in regards to the Bethel Church and the resurrection thing, um, in case you're not familiar, if you, those of you that are listening, there's a worship leader, from what I understand, a worship leader on the Bethel uh, Church worship team. Uh, I don't know the details, but her, I think her two-year-old daughter, their two-year-old daughter passed away. All I've heard is that it was... Uh, kind of unexpectedly. So I it sounds like she wasn't sick, but I don't know what happened. <clears throat> um, and then they had been praying. I don't know what's the latest as of this week, but they had been praying and asking the church to pray that the little girl be resurrected. Um, and so he, here are my thoughts on, on that because it is a big topic. Um, first of all, uh, I don't agree with all the theology of Bethel Church. In fact, I would say I disagree with most of their theology. Um, I think that they have often pursued miracles over Jesus. And I know that's like a broad statement and needs to be unpacked a little bit more. But I would just say that their theology um, is not what I see the scriptures teaching. In fact, they teach a lot of stuff that you can't find anywhere in the scriptures and that I think is actually really dangerous for the church. That being said... um, I never want to put the God of the universe in a box. And I never want to minimize that when we're talking about God, we are talking about the creator of all things who can do all things and who is Lord over all things. And sometimes I think in my conservative theology, I limit the power and the majesty and the mystery of God. And there's always this balance between wanting to have proper theology and also recognizing that we don't fully understand miraculous God who can do anything, who can raise the dead back to life. And so um, I want to be biblical. I want to seek and fight for proper theology. If it's not in scripture, it's not of God. Like we want to see it and make sure that we have scripture scriptural uh, examples and references like is this the reputation and character of God and also in the midst of all that I want to have big faith and just believe like God can do crazy things but at the end of the day if he doesn't do a single miracle he's still good and he's still God and it doesn't I, I just think about the verse uh, when Jesus says, you guys are chasing after me because you think you're going to see more miracles. I'm not, I'm not quoting it very well, but basically people want more food. Uh, they're chasing after him because he's got a bunch of healings and he's, he's passing out food. And Jesus says like, uh, listen, the, the food, like all the miracles is not it. It's me. And that's when he says like, drink of my flesh or eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. And that's when a lot of people start leaving because Jesus basically says, I'm not handing out miracles all the time. I'm giving you me. I am the greatest gift. And so at the end of the day, um, more than miracles, even for my own kids, as so hard as that is, like for their health, for my own safety, for all that, more than any of that, I want Jesus because I believe he's best. And um, so that that takes a bunch of faith. And uh, anyway, it's tragic what's happening there. Uh, I want to believe God can do miraculous things. But at the end of the day, I don't think, I think that God um, in eternity 
will make all things right again. And we don't always get a full glimpse of that here on earth. Um, but we have hope in the promise that's coming, that one day there will be no more crying, no more tears, and no more pain. And so that's the day that we cling to. And if he wants to show off some of those glimpses of heaven here on earth today, sweet. Uh, and that's beautiful. But ultimately, our hope is that one day all things will be made right again. All right. I love you guys. I'm going to save some of these questions for the next time we do this. I really appreciate you guys helping me in a pinch here. And uh, have a great new year. I'll see you guys next year for the Facebook group. Thank you guys. I love you. For those listening, make sure to go to dadtired.com. Click the community tab to get linked over to this group where you can meet all these guys who are asking these questions. All right. Later. <laughs>